0: If not for the Milwaukee Brewers, the Cardinals would be off to a stellar start to the season, but you can't just eliminate games because they don't go your way, especially not in the highly competitive, highly talented NL Central. What's up, everybody? I'm Tara Wellman. Welcome to Bird Seeds. I cover the St. Louis Cardinals for birdsontheblack.com and post game recaps and series previews and more right here every week on YouTube. So feel free at any time to hit that subscribe button to make sure that you get every video as soon as it is posted. Today, though, it is all about looking ahead to the series between the Brewers and the Cardinals finally in St. Louis. Kat Garcia joined me last year for a series preview, and this year she is back to talk brewers as the Cardinals try desperately to find a way to stop Christian Yelich. Well, Kat, thanks so much for joining me. The Brewers have been a sore subject for the Cardinals since the opening of the season, but this is the first time the Cardinals will have them on home turf. So thank you for joining me to talk about this Brewers team. First of all, how are you?
1: (laughs) Great, thanks. Um, Yeah, this Brewers team is already starting off well right out of the gate.
0: What has been I mean obviously the answer is Christian Yelich, right? What's been the most right. impressive? Before you even ask the question. <laughs> but it's outside of Christian Yelich, what has been the biggest takeaway from this team, or can you separate the two at this point?
1: Um at this point the team is a little polarizing because they're having some problems, some struggles in the rotation. Um I know it's early on and you know it was a long season last year, playing all the way through October. Um but I think that Jelic has really been, obviously, you know, the reason for a lot of their success. But I think one of the things that was shown last night in the game is that even if these pitchers begin to intentionally walk him, um, that lineup can often be so powerful that it really doesn't matter because, as we saw what happened yesterday, uh, Jelic got walked and then Braun immediately came up and hit a three run bomb. So that's kind of also. Um, I think that was very indicative of things that are going to happen in this season when people are trying to get around Yelich. It's kind of proving that there's no real way around him most of the time.
0: Yeah, I said early on that as much as their bullpen was strong last year, I really feel like their lineup is their strength, and the reason that they can sometimes get away with some of the pitching weirdness is that they they have the ability to produce runs. And it's not just Yelich, and I, um, I feel like we're seeing a little bit of that. As we're recording this, just for some context, both the Cardinals and the Brewers are playing on Sunday afternoon. The Cardinals are leading their series finale against the Mets. The Brewers are down against the Dodgers. Both teams that really... <laughs> Have struggled to kind of gain momentum. I feel like, as far as the results are concerned, of course, uh, it has helped the Brewers significantly to play the Cardinals, (laughs) at least at home. Um, Let's talk about Yelich, though, because that is the the story of the National League right now. He set a Brewers record for home runs before the end of April. I believe that I was reading that the record for the most before May first is currently 14, which is held by uh, both Albert Pujols and. I think it was Alex Rodriguez, the other uh, 14 home run hitter before May 1st. Yelich is on that pace. I mean, what yeah. can you say about what he's done so far?
1: I mean, it's been incredible to be able to see him pick up where he left off last season. And if anything, uh, he's gotten better. I mean, this is just like you're saying the first couple weeks of April, and he's already got 12 home runs leading the National League. I mean, that's incredible. So um, I think we're starting to see here him really form and become that Anthony Rizzo type of the team or that even, dare I say, you know, that Bryce Harper type. Um, If he can sustain this sort of success at this level or even better, uh, he's really going to be someone that's going to become important to not just the Brewers, but the game of baseball. Not that he isn't already, but he's going to be an impact player like that.
0: Yeah, it's one thing to have a really strong month. It's another thing to to put that into the context of a full season. I mean, last year we saw Matt Carpenter go on an absolute tear in the month of August, and the rest of his season kind of fizzled in comparison. Not that it was all bad, but just it's it's hard to maintain that pace. So it'll be interesting to see what he does there. But it is significant to note that none of those home runs have come on the road as of yet. So what does a visiting ballpark do to Christian Jelic? Because... Right now, the story is the home runs, even though he is hitting for average at this point as well. Uh, you know, where, where does that success kind of balance out, do you think, when he you know, plays some of these tougher teams in their ballparks instead of at Miller Park?
1: I think it's not going to make, obviously, that much of a difference. We're, de- difference. We're dealing with kind of a, a core talent here. Um, but I think it does play a little factor, especially this early in the season. You know, it's the first time that they're going to Miller, or I'm sorry, to uh, Bush Stadium. And, you know, just the typical things that affect players on the road. Um, I'm not sure what his splits were last year, but I'm not sure if he struggles on the road or not. It's, it's been a while. It's it's still early in the season. But um, I think it'll be interesting to see how he fares at a, another ballpark. Maybe he can get... No, but it's his first one on the road.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Cardinals fans are hoping not, but as far as the story of Christian Jelic goes, um, it'd be, I'm sure, nice for him to not have to hear about that as the season goes on. I I did tweet the other day, I wonder if there's going to be any sort of, like, But Miller Park reaction to the home run uh, success like there is with Coors, because that seems to be a, a bit of an asterisk. A lot of people try to throw on Nolan Arenado or Charlie Blackman when when you talk about the home runs that they hit. I'm not sure we're quite at that point with Yelich yet. We'll see what he does the rest of the season. But there is a nice comfort level at home, to say the least. But as you mentioned, the rest of the lineup has to back that up. Otherwise, you start to pitch around Jelic and all of a sudden they're not as tough. Braun hitting that big homer was was huge the other night, but there have been moments where Braun, uh, Moustakis, Shaw, Aguilar, they're not necessarily lighting the world on fire. Is there any concern about those guys in the lineup at this point?
1: Um, We are seeing higher strikeout rates from them than you would like to, especially from guys like Travis Shaw, who been around for a while and uh, have played consistently. Uh, the walk rates are also a little low. Um, I think that's something to keep an eye on for sure, but I'm not sure it's something to be majorly concerned about right now because we are still seeing somewhat inflated uh, numbers at this point. You know, We're seeing ERAs and you know, the double digits that are not, that's not really how it's going to be. We're only three weeks into the season, so I don't think it's something really to worry about, but I would keep my eye on it.
0: thing to keep an eye on is the Brewers pitching staff. Here's a fun note. Prior to that Braun home run the other day, 21 of the last 25 runs were driven in by Yelich or a pitcher. (laughs) That is not, um, that's not the the type of stat line you expect from a Brewers lineup like this one.
1: (laughs) It's definitely not, but it does show that, you know, the team is pulling its weight. It was interesting to see, you know, last time Freddie Peralta was out, he had a pretty bad outing, but he, I think, hit a double and brought in one RBI, and I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. Like, he's not having a great game on the mound, but at the plate, he's, he's doing some cool stuff for a pitcher.
0: The Cardinals, I believe, have already given up four home runs to opposing pitchers this season. Three of them have been Brewers. <laughs> so, again, the Cardinals trouble with the Brewers goes beyond just Christian Yelich at this point. Um I-, I believe Moustakis had a bit of a finger issue, a finger injury in the game uh, a couple days ago. He seems to be okay, but it will be interesting to see how they stack this lineup uh facing some pitchers now that they've seen a couple of times in St. Louis um to try to get someone other than uh, <laughs> other than Christian Yelich going. The pitching is always, it seems, a bit of a puzzle, sort of a constant work in progress for the brewers. And a little bit of that is by design. That's sort of the choice that they've made to go about it in this way. Craig Council feels very comfortable with that approach. But it does result in a lot of turnover, a lot of different faces, a lot of different guys having to to pull their weight. You mentioned Freddie Peralta. He's now injured. Um, Corbin Burns is now a AAA. There's a, a lot of moving parts in this rotation. Is there a, a stabilizing force for them right now as far as starting pitching is concerned?
1: I think, you know, what we saw last year, especially a lot in October, is the guy who takes over that role is Shahseen. Um he really becomes the workhorse, the consistent face, you know, sometimes the ace of that staff. And it's been hard to see him struggle out of the gate right now. Um, he's been giving up a lot of walks. Um, but I think that once he kind of figures out what's going on, like you said, there's a lot of new faces. There's a lot of turnover, especially with the injuries last year. We're seeing Chase Anderson back in the line, in the rotation, things like that. and Not to mention that the Brewers did turn over a significant amount of their relief core, over the offseason, they brought in new guys like Alex Claudio, who's been great so far. But like you said, there's a lot of moving parts by design. But then at this point, there's a lot of moving parts that are not by design. So it's just kind of a big jumbled mess right now
0: yeah they the expectations I think for Peralta and for Corbin burns are very high and for good reason there's a lot of potential there um, but neither one of them has really put it together early on then of course dealing uh, Peralta I mentioned the injury which evidently happened in the last start against the Cardinals uh, and no one knew about it till after the game so um, that's a <laughs> that's an interesting uh, sidebar to the whole story but um when you put a lot of weight a lot of expectations on those young arms this is sort of the risk you run when i did the preview for the very first series the opening series in milwaukee um, Kyle Lishneski and i from Brook Group all talked about this specifically that you know they're putting a lot of attention and a lot of weight on the shoulders of these young arms and that's a risk that they were willing to take so far <laughs> more risk than reward at this point uh, it appears <laughs>
1: yeah it does but um I have faith in this staff, I have faith in Craig Council and you know I mean I know a lot of people don't like to believe in the postseason hangover but it is it is real sometimes and for certain guys I mean all these guys are different. you have to remember there's 25 guys on this roster they're not all one entity you know some guys may struggle with the extra playing time and whereas some guys just bounce back some guys are used to it and some guys aren't you know um, I think that's just something to keep in mind too
0: the starting rotation currently has the second highest ERA in the National League, which I don't think surprises a ton of people. The rotation wasn't really supposed to be their strength. The bullpen is where their pitching is supposed to get stronger. It's had some bumps and bruises along the way as well. Josh Hader gave up a a home run. Actually, I was reading that it was the first home run he's ever given up on an 0-2 count. Obviously, short career so far, but nonetheless, uh, when he gets to 0-2, you don't often have much success. He gave that home run up to uh Quique Hernandez, I believe against the Dodgers. They do have Jeffers back though. How much of a boost is that?
1: That's definitely a boost because he's a guy that's familiar that people know that he has a track record. Um, I think he's going to help sort of frame this bullpen that right now is sort of, I think trying to find its shape still. Like I said, there was a lot of turnover, um, you kind of can see the gaps in consistency where they're just putting in guys that they're trying to find out, figure out their role or trying to give more time on the mound. And then there's guys like Alex Claudio who have really fit in well and um, have had success so far. And then on the back ends, you have Hayter with his success there. And the home run is really not something to worry about. He's human. He's going to give them up in between all those strikeouts. Um, and then, like you said, with Jeffress back, I think it's starting to sort of form a little bit.
0: They have added a couple new pieces to that bullpen since the Cardinals last saw them. I believe Donnie Hart and Alex Wilson were added um, as you move pieces in and out of that rotation because at this point, they're still not a starter set for Monday. So as you move some of those guys in and out of the rotation, some of those other players from the AAA level will have to come up and fill in. In the bullpen, uh, Donnie Hart is a 28-year-old lefty. Not a ton of major league success, it doesn't look like. But you gotta, you gotta have arms out there that can hopefully get you a couple of outs here and there, <laughs> right? And you, you gotta
1: rest those good ones once in a while.
0: Yeah. Now uh, we mentioned the starters already, but I, I just want sort to of circle back to that because there is, as I said, no starter announced. For Monday. Right. Um, that will be whoever that is uh, facing Jack Flaherty, who did not look great in his last start, but the start before that was very successful. So we'll see if he's made any adjustments. Uh, game two, it will be Zach Davies against Michael Walker. That should be an interesting matchup because Davies has been the strongest starter for the Brewers by far. Right. I'm not sure that was expected.
1: No, it definitely was not expected because, you know, we see Chassin struggling and Friday struggling and then, you know, um, Woodruff coming in now and Anderson and just kind of all this, these guys just kind of shaken up. And Zach Davies kind of falls to the wayside. You kind of forget about him a little bit because he's consistent and there's no real drama there at this point.
0: Yeah, put up good numbers so far. Seven innings pitched, one run versus the Dodgers in his last start. There are a couple of Cardinals hitters who have pretty good career numbers against him. Matt Carpenter is one of them. He's got three home runs, hitting four fifty-five. Again, in, in limited appearances, but nonetheless, Jed Jerko in even a smaller sample size has huge numbers against him. Marcelo Zuna has a, has pretty good numbers. So it will be interesting to see his good season so far compared to what some of those career numbers are against Cardinals starters. Michael Wacha has been very strong against the Brewers. In fact, he's the only Cardinal starter that has had really any success against the Brewers so far. And uh, it'll be important, I think, for him to uh, to try to manage that Brewers lineup, which he's done by executing pitches inside, in particular to Christian Yelich. Which seems to be, if there's an Achilles' heel, that's it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so it's it's going to be an interesting series for sure, and I'm excited to you know get the guys out to Busch Stadium because it, it's a really great ballpark, and it's uh it's that time. It's warm. It's nice. It's it's finally time for some good uh, National League Central baseball.
0: I wanted to ask you about the National League Central because obviously your familiarity with the the Brewers and the Cubs um, gives you a little bit of context on what's going on in in the Central right now. I'm fascinated by this division and by all of the the possibilities for how it shakes out over the course of a season because it doesn't to me feel like there's going to be much separation at least for a while and and that's a fascinating situation to be in when you've got three maybe four teams that feel like they're that they have playoff potential
1: Yeah, it is a very interesting division. There's no clear front-runner here. Like, you know, a lot of times with the American League Central, everyone says, oh, it's the Indians. Or, you know, certain divisions have their kind of niche. This is one division that feels very up for grabs, like you said, because there are a lot of teams here that have a lot of possibilities and a lot of potential. And um, it's going to be interesting throughout the entire season, I believe.
0: Do you feel like the Brewers – have, it's strange to say that the reigning division champs, a team that was a game away from the World Series, has a bit of a chip on their shoulder, but it feels like they have a bit of a chip on their shoulder about what people expect from them in this division compared to last season.
1: I think they do, because I think a lot of what happened was the same thing that happened with the Cubs in 2015, is they weren't supposed to be where they were. And um, that immediately... Gave people more expectations of them and, you know, put them in a situation where they kind of felt like they had something to prove. Um, And so I think coming back this year, who knows, it could be a thing like the Cubs, you know, where the next year they put it all together. But um, I definitely think that that has something to do with the chip on their shoulder that they may have.
0: Yeah, it definitely feels like they they care as much about proving that last year wasn't uh, a fluke as they do about... You know, making this year as successful as it can be, and that's not a bad thing. I mean I think sometimes that that comes across as a negative and and in reality, every team needs that motivation, right Adam Wainwright calls it bulletin board material <laughs> when uh, when someone talks about their team or about a particular player, um, there was a you know the dust up over the off season with the Cardinals and the Cubs that I find hilarious, but those are the kinds of things that can sort of ignite a rivalry. It's interesting to me to see this n l Central. So full of those rivalries right now. There are so many little interesting storylines, so many interesting um, little matchups. Whether it's the Cardinals versus Christian Yelich, or you know, the Cardinals versus uh, Chris Bryant or <laughs> whomever it may be, um, those are the things that make this this game and this division and a long season really fun.
1: Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. And this is like I said, this is going to be a division to watch. It's going to be a battle throughout the whole season.
0: If we take Christian Yelich out of the picture one more time, and you look at the series with the Cardinals this week, what are a couple of keys for the Brewers to continue their success against St. Louis?
1: I think just that when you take Christian Yelich out of the equation, that lineup has some work to be done. Um, Braun has scuffled a little bit uh, in his first few games. I mean, he is going into his age 35 season, you know, I mean, It happens, Um, but I think that is definitely something that they need to be conscious of. Is that they can't expect someone like Christian Yelich to hold that lineup over because you know, God forbid, what if something happens if he's injured or you know, whatever the case may be? It's just it's not good anyway. So I think what we need to look for is more uh, walks, less strikeouts, and just um, the rest of the lineup to kind of pick it up.
0: Is there concern about Ryan Braun because I I mean other than just sort of the the natural he's getting older we don't know what to expect because he's been such a core of that team for so long it's always a little strange to watch someone hit kind of the downward <laughs> spiral yeah. of their career and try to figure out how to maintain whatever kind of success he can have without you know losing something as far as the team goes as well
1: Yeah, I think um with him, it's definitely a leadership role that he takes on in the clubhouse. And I think if there was a time for him to, I don't want to necessarily say bow out gracefully, but to start to give that mantle to someone else, this is a good time. This is a good clubhouse. You have guys like Yelich, um, you know, guys last year, like when Eric Kratz was there. It doesn't matter if he's not there anymore. What he taught those guys is going to stay with them. What he taught them is still in that clubhouse. So... That sort of thing is um, important, but as far as worrying about Braun at this point in the season, I just don't really see any sort of concern yet. Um, Again, just another thing to keep an eye on, but it is still pretty early and it's hard for me to take any of these storylines super seriously for another at least week or two, I would say.
0: Yeah, it's always a fine line trying to figure out how early is too early to care and how late is too late to care. It's a very precarious line to walk.
1: (laughs) Differentiating between uh, fluky baseball stuff, because if you look at Ryan Braun's Babbitt, he's hitting, I think, below 200. So he's had a lot of unlucky balls fall, too. Um, Whereas if you're looking at things when you're watching the game, inconsistencies at the plate, um, inconsistencies in the field, things like that, that's when you actually start to make a case for it.
0: I feel like there's always a way to turn stats in your favor if you look hard enough, and that's why at this point, with the numbers that are are so inflated or deflated by one or two moments over the course of a couple of weeks, it's really hard to to get a read on it. Last question for you about this series. Will Lorenzo Cain rob another home run?
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. It's Lorenzo Cain. I mean, that's getting textbook
0: (laughs) like Christian Yelich, you know? Um,
1: Yeah, I'm going to say yeah.
0: Lorenzo (laughs) Lorenzo Cain robbing home runs, Christian Yelich hitting home runs, and pitchers hitting home runs. So far, that is the story of the Brewers against the Cardinals in 2019. I know Cardinals fans are hoping uh, all three of those things disappear in this first appearance at Bush, but we'll see what happens. Kat, thanks so much for your time today and uh, looking forward to the series.
1: Awesome, me too. Thank and, you for having me. And
0: where can people find you to, uh, to chat more about the Brewers or the Cubs or the White Sox or anything else? Uh, right now I'm at
1: the Baseball Girl on Twitter. Um, I have some new stuff coming up next week or so, and it's going to be a little busy for me. I'm traveling a little bit, but um, I will have some new exciting stuff because you can't uh, keep me off the baseball sphere. So
0: uh, but for now, at the Baseball
1: Girl on Twitter.
0: Awesome. Well, looking forward to all the new exciting things, um, and we'll, uh, we'll just keep tabs as we go throughout the season. Awesome. One other thing to note, after this three-game set, the Cardinals and the Brewers will not face each other again until the third week of August. You heard that right. More than three months without a head-to-head against this division foe. All that means is you got to get the wins while you can. Thanks again to Kat for joining me. Make sure you give her a follow over on Twitter. While you're there, follow me if you're not already. And make sure you check out all of the great Cardinals content over at birdsontheblack.com. I think that's all for today. I'll see you next time.